a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. 2.20 is the time here in the ASL newsroom. I got a call last night from an Olympic gold medalist. Did you? No? No? I'm special. Last night, I got a phone call from an Olympic gold medalist. I was sitting on the couch. Uh, my wife and I were there. We we're making some plans for this uh, big upcoming move of ours this weekend. And uh, as we were going through some of the, uh, some of the, some of the logistics, I looked down and and on my phone, I see the name Ruling Gardner. That's a name you absolutely know. Uh, gold medalist from the 2000 Summer Olympic Games in Sydney, Australia. Uh, he became, in an instant, uh, a global sensation, a hero. And, uh, and so it was that uh, he uh, lived a, a good, long life. Uh, and we, well, he's still alive. He's going to join us in just a moment. Uh, that sounded kind of funny. Uh, the Olympic Channel decided that they are going to take a look at his life, his experiences and his accomplishments, and make a documentary. They have done so, and guess what? I got to watch it last night. I'll, I'll admit uh, I was going to uh, watch about 10, 15 minutes of it so I could have a, a, you know, a starting point for this conversation we'll have in just a moment with the gold medalist. Uh, but as I... I started watching it. I get about five minutes in, ten minutes in, uh, fifteen minutes in. Uh, that's as much time as I as I thought I had to give. And then you know what? Next thing I know, it's an hour and a half later. I've watched the entire thing, and I feel like I want to pattern my life exactly after this man when it comes to uh, sticking to it, to working hard, to overcoming, and to succeeding in the face of adversity. Uh, please welcome Ruling Gardner, sir. How are you? I'm very good, Lee. It's great to be back on your show. And you, you started off saying that you were special. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you, sir. Uh, uh, let me ask you this, and, and we'll use this as the starting point for this conversation. Uh, I saw uh, you, the, the story of your entire life play out uh, last night in this documentary. If you had to pick uh, one thing, that you have either experienced or accomplished in your life, uh, of which you were the most proud. What, what is that? Probably, you, you know, and I guess you have to kind of watch the full story because growing up the way I did, I grew up in the Star Valley or Afton, Wyoming, and then going through being the youngest of nine children and having a learning disability, you know, I wasn't supposed to graduate high school. I wasn't supposed to go to college. I went to Ritz College. I won the Nationals. You know, I, I did all that, and I finally got done with my senior year at Nebraska. And, you know, 64 credits transferred to Nebraska, and they accepted 16 of them. And so I started as a freshman. So it took me six and a half years to get my college diploma. So when I finally graduated from Nebraska, you know, they were just so ecstatic that I actually graduated. And, you know, they're like, well, don't, don't, you know, don't you want to walk through and 
and get your diploma and graduation. I said, no, mail it to me because now I'm going to the Olympics. And so probably even more than the, the gold medal match is, you know, graduating from college because there was nothing easy about it. There was nothing fun about it. I was at the fourth hardest degree, you know, at the University of Nebraska, two, you know, majors and a minor in coaching and teaching and PE and being a, being a PE teacher. That was probably the biggest thing I'm, you know, most proud of is, you know, getting my degree. My mom said, you know, ruling, you know, after my senior year of college, taking fourth place, never winning national championships in the Division One wrestling, you know, my mom said, Ruland, don't don't sell yourself short, you know, follow through with your goal and get that education, and I did, and I graduated with my teaching degree from Nebraska. Outstanding. Uh, outstanding. D- have, you, have you since gone back and walked? I never did. Uh, you know, I graduated from Nebraska. You know, since then, Tom Osborne, the, the old football coach from the University of Nebraska, he actually brought me back in to talk and mentor the young athletes about, you know, sticking through, you know, adversity and challenges. And I've had the opportunity to go in a few times and represent, you know, athletics. But then ultimately, you know, just a student at Nebraska, I've had the opportunity to go in and truly appreciate, you know, the experience I, I got to have when I went to Nebraska. So never, never walked, but I got to go back and be, I guess, recognized as, a, as an athlete who stuck with it. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, this documentary, which, uh, tell me, when is this available for viewing? When will folks be able to watch this on the Olympic Channel? Well, it, it, it's called the theolympicchannel.com. The Olympic Channel is no longer active, and so it's actually a website. It's theolympicchannel.com, and it'll be available um, starting uh, Friday at uh, 9 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. And the way they kind of conjunction, they actually conjunction it with the Olympic Trials that's going on in Dallas, Texas this weekend. And 21 years ago is where I made my Olympic team was in Dallas, Texas, but the Olympic trials are going on there and they're going to get over and they plan on air and the Olympic trials starting at, uh, finishing at nine o'clock. And then my documentary will start from nine to basically 1030. You'll miss KSO, you know, news, but, uh, you'll have a chance to be able to watch my documentary. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, as I was watching this, uh, last night, and like I said, I'll, I'll admit to you, when you sent me over the, uh, the the sneak preview link to this, I thought, well, you know what, there's a long list of to-do items in the Lonsbury household right now. Uh, let me give this a 10 or 15 minutes. That'll get uh, some good groundwork for uh, this conversation I'll have tomorrow with uh, with Ruland. No, not 15 minutes. I, I sat through the entire thing. It was uh, It was incredible. It was wonderful. It was beautiful for so many reasons. First off, of course, uh, is your remarkable accomplishment uh, during the 2000 Summer Games uh, in, in Sydney when you defeated uh, Carolyn. He, an undefeated uh, wrestler of 13 years and for a six-year stretch, never even given up a, a single point. Uh, th- that's amazing and astounding. Uh, but what I noticed in the documentary, when, when that portion of your life came about when you were standing uh, atop the medal stand there and when uh, you when you took that gold medal I looked down at the at, like how much time in the documentary had transpired and we were only halfway through you'd already won your uh, Olympic medal uh, tell me from from then on uh, what have been uh, some of the big lesson uh, lesson learned moments of your life that are included in the second half of this documentary well, that's, that's, you know, the part of a documentary because you look at a feature film or, you know, something that's on the big screen, it's telling usually a typically a positive story. And my life, you know, a lot of people, you know, say, wow, look at the great victory. But, you know, also look at the, the tragedies, look at the setbacks, look at the, the loss. And ultimately, 
from, you know, winning the Olympics, you know, I went back, I, I survived, you know, the plane wreck into Lake Powell in 2007. But in 2002, probably the worst of them, I got stranded snowmobiling because when I won the Olympics the next year, I won the world. And then, you know, I was a two-time champion. And then two months later, right as the Olympics started in Salt Lake, I got stranded. I survived 18 hours at 25 below zero and had to, you know, basically come back from that. And I was told by the doctors that I was going to lose both of my feet and, you know, end up losing everything to amputation. But I was lucky enough to come back. I lost the feeling of my feet. I, I lost all the sensitivity. I lost the range of motion. And I came back and I wrestled again in 2002. And my training partner that had helped me win the Olympics, he won the world. And I couldn't even walk first day of practice. I trip and fall 20 times. I come back in and I beat him to to make the Olympic team in 2004. I win the bronze. And then, you know, I kind of decided at that point to move back to Utah. And so I came back to Utah and, you know, I thought, oh, you know, I can do anything. And so I went out there and I took some, I took some risks that I shouldn't have. You know, I, I started a gym up in Logan and ultimately I, I kind of got pushed out of that. I failed there. And then I had basically a, a real estate investment that I actually had was taken advantage of and you know, lost everything there. And so all the things I had, you know, created monetary value wise after I had started wrestling, I kind of lost. And so, you know, the end of the documentary, it shows kind of the loss and the struggles in life. And then I ultimately brought it back around to show, you know, the success at the end. I, I was the head coach at Harriman High School for the last three years. In the last few weeks, I've moved down to St. George and we're going to start a youth wrestling club here to not just coach at one school. We want to share wrestling to the whole universe and to the whole state of Utah. So for me, I'm, I'm involved in that. I work as an independent insurance agent. So I do home auto life health. I do a lot of those things. And, uh, you know, I'm in a great relationship. I'm married. I, I got just so many positive things in my life. And the documentary, you know, makes it look like life's a question. And it is, you know, you have to perspire and, you know, inspire to do better every day. And if you kind of, you know, are complacent on what you do, you're going to, you're never going to go with places in life. And I've been to 44 countries, seen the world, and it was all due because of wrestling, but I'm, it started because of my family, my hard work, my faith, and, you know, the church and all those things were so important to me. You mentioned your family, and I want to ask you a favor. We have to take a, a break real quick. Could, could I get you to hang on the line? And could we talk for another few minutes? There is a constant reference to your mother throughout uh, this documentary. At every step of the way, uh, you make reference to interactions with her, counsel that you sought from her, and advice that she gave. I'd like to talk a, a bit about that relationship and more, if you can hang on through the break for us. Oh, I'd love to. Outstanding. It'd be a pleasure. Outstanding. Ruling Gardner, my guest, uh, 2000 Summer Olympic uh, World uh, Gold Medalist in Greco-Roman wrestling is my guest. Documentary uh, comes out on the OlympicChannel.com at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time here tomorrow. And uh, he's my guest. We're talking about his story, and we'll continue that next after the break here on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. Final half hour of the program today, and at 2.37 we are continuing our conversation with Olympic gold medalist Ruling Gardner, who uh, joins us back on the line. Uh, sir, welcome uh, back to the program. You, you still well? I'm doing very well. You know, I was the youngest of nine, so I'm finishing up the show as I was finishing up my family. My mom said, you know what, Ruling, you're, you know, we're definitely done having kids because when you came out, we realized we were at the bottom of the bucket. In the documentary, uh, it said that you at birth were 15 pounds. Is that correct? No, well, Corellan was, uh, I think Corellan was 15 pounds. I was only like eight something. I was oh, small. Oh, I mean, that's right. That's right. My mistake. 
Oh. I wish I was 15. Then I'd be more of a man, I guess. I don't know, but <laughs> Carell and uh, – Corellin was 15 pounds. That's I was, right. I, I, my, I was like 8'2 or 8'3. I was a small kid. Alexander Corellin, the uh, the Russian wrestler you defeated, who had a 13-year undefeated streak, not given up a point for the last six years, uh, had won himself a number of gold medals. And in uh, 2000, the expectation was that he'd be uh, going home with another gold medal. Uh, you saw uh, you saw differently. I, I wondered throughout the documentary as, uh, as you, uh, you know, as as you defeated Corellin, if you have maintained uh, any type of interaction or relationship with him uh, in the years since? You know, I've seen him three or four times after uh, the Olympics. I saw him uh, in Beijing, and we actually did a real sit-down interview. And, you know, he speaks six different languages. He's very educated. He's in the parliament in Russia. He's good friends with Vladimir Putin. So wrestling and sambo and all the the combat sports are are very uh, well-recognized in Russia as being – you know, sports that they really support. And so Corellin, you know, he's just he's just one of these, you know, bigger-than-life figures. And I had a chance to interview with him, and he's very fun, very articulate, um, very serious. You know, he's 6'5", you 6'6". Know, he's got me by five inches. And last thing you want to do is mess with him. So I was respectful, but then also, you know, grateful for having the opportunity to compete with him. And no, no hard feelings on, on his side of things? He's, uh, he's respectful and, and gracious? Oh, he 100%. You know, we, we kind of, you know, we, we didn't joke with him. We're like, you know, do you ever think about that match? He goes, every day, what do you think? I wish I would have scored a point, you know? <laughs> and that was his whole answer. It's like, it was, it was, it was honest, but it was, it was kind of funny, you know, the dry humor. And so he was very entertaining and, you know, he was very respectful. And I, I, I was standing behind him. I'm looking up at his head and he's just this mammoth of a man. And I just told him, I just, I, I think you're the best and you'll always be the best ever. And I was very appreciative of wrestling you here at the Olympics. And uh, it was a pure honor. That's outstanding. Uh, this documentary on your life, again, the life of Ruling Gardner, is available at theolympicchannel.com. W- w- what time is that kicking off and which day again? It's going to be on Friday, Friday at 9 o'clock uh, Mountain Standard Time, and then it will be uh, on NBC Sports um, at that time, or you can go to theolympicchannel.com. And theolympicchannel.com, it actually is going to start at uh, 9 o'clock, or we'll start at 9 o'clock, and then you could ultimately will finish after an hour and a half. So it's about an hour and a half long documentary. There's a, a period of time in your life following uh, the Olympic gold medal and uh, where you got into uh, mixed martial arts and you uh, you fought and were victorious and were afterwards offered the opportunity to fight again for a handsome sum of money, just south of a million dollars, uh, was going to find its way into your bank account if you uh, accepted an invitation to fight. Uh, you had a conversation with your mother. Uh, she advised you otherwise. She did. My mom, uh, you know, was, was and my family would tell you, my mother, she was honest, she was, she was truthful, and she said, Rulon, you know, is this the kind of son that I raised? I, I raised you to be respectful, you know, to cherish and appreciate life. I don't, I don't, you know, approve of you fighting and trying to kill somebody for a living. That's not the son that I raised. And I said, you're right, mother. And I, you know, I won my first fight. I wanted to know how to defend myself because I've never been in a real hand-to-hand combat besides wrestling. And that's a different sport than MMA. And so I fought in Japan and I won. And then the second offer came up, I denied it. And, 
it kind of goes back to, you know, what had happened after 2000, because I was offered um, to go do WWE for Vince McMahon. And, mm. you know, Vince said, I'll put 20 million in your bank account. But the only problem is you got to do exactly what I say. And if you don't do what I say, you know, you're in trouble. So you have to, you know, basically sign your, your life away to me. And I told my mother that that's what was asked of me. And she's like, Roland, is this the son you know that I raised? Because my mom, I left for Rick's college. She goes, keep your feet on the ground and your head out of the clouds. Remember who you are and where you're from. I, I didn't know that you had turned down a Vince McMahon offer. Uh, that uh, th- that takes some guts. I, I admire you for that. It, you know, it did, but I, I guess, and like you had said before we went on the break, you know, that that my mom was somebody I really respected and somebody I really appreciated was her opinion, and I really do, because my mother was kind of the, the core back you know backbone of who I am as a person. You know, her and my dad, they struggled. Um, when I was eight years old, I lost a brother to aplastic anemia, and, you know, my, my brother um, ultimately went to Salt Lake to the LDS hospital, then he went up to Seattle, and he passed away, and then, you know, that same year, we lost our dairy barn, and so we went through a lot of struggles, and when I was in eighth grade, my mom went back to nursing school and spent two years in Rexburg getting her nursing degree to become a nurse, and, and she worked until she was 72 years old. She was, you know, she had a walker. She was going to work and doing the things that she loved to do, and then she went on a mission for a year and a half, and I do, you know, I got nothing but complete respect for my mother, and I just, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have, uh, you know, gone contrary, you know, contrary to what her desire of me was, and that was to represent, you know, her and the family in the best light, and that's what she asked of me always, and hopefully I can always make her proud. Well, that comes through in the documentary uh, that you can see that as, you know, you uh, move through different chapters of your own life, that uh, regardless of where you found yourself or the decision that was placed before you, that her counsel and her influence was important and valuable. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a very sweet theme that ran throughout uh, this documentary. Uh, and like I said, my my plan last night after you and I chatted on the phone for a bit, I was going to watch, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Time was tight. And uh, your your story and the way it's presented uh, is so compelling that I uh, w- was there. I set everything else aside, watched it through to the the very end. I'm so grateful that you, you called last night, and I'm so grateful that uh, that you have lived uh, life the way that you have to set uh, an example to, to young folks and old uh, that uh, you, you might face some challenges in life. Uh, those challenges uh, may be uh, six-foot-plus Russians who would like to steal away from you a gold medal, or they may be frigid lakes and hillsides in Wyoming, or they may be the cold waters of uh, Lake Powell, but you, sir, uh, have overcome uh, all of that, and the example that you continue to set is one that I uh, look forward to following for for many years to come. Uh, our, our time's expired, sir. I'd love to continue this conversation, but uh, uh, g- give folks the the details on how they can how they can watch this documentary on your life one last time. Yeah, you can go to uh, you know the OlympicChannel dot com. It's a website. And on uh, Friday night, 9 o'clock is when it's going to debut, 9 o'clock to 10.30 on, uh, you know, the OlympicChannel.com. Or you can go to MSN Sports, um, their sports channel on MSN, and I th- or I guess NBC Sports, and it'll air starting at 9 o'clock. And it's after the Olympic trial semifinals on Friday. That's when it's going to air. And then after that, it will be available on the OlympicChannel.com. 
you know, you can go there and, and back, you know, I guess slash uh, Ruben Gardner, and that's where you'll be able to watch it from, from here, hopefully till eternity, and not just to inspire, you know, these kids, but ultimately, you know, I think all of us, you know, we got to kind of use each other to get through these crazy times of the COVID and, and every aspect of life, but we just got to kind of stick together. Yeah. And hey, listen, before I let you go, best of luck to you on your St. George plans with this wrestling program. I wish you the absolute best every single uh, youngster to come through this program. I uh, I believe and anticipate we'll have a wonderful experience. Awesome. Thanks. And you can go to my Facebook and you can kind of keep up to date with me there. And then my website, com. So I'd love to you'll be able to help. And if anybody needs home and auto insurance, that's what I do. <laughs> that's a way. Uh, gold medalist, Ruling Gardner, my guest, sir. Thank you so much for your time. We'll take a, a quick break. When we return to wrap up the program today, I want to talk a, a little bit about that video I saw earlier today on our southern border. Uh, it is uh, it's it's chilling. It's absolutely chilling. I'll describe it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.